Pistons are the basketball champions of the world. of the Bucks on Podcast. We are the best POD in the 313. We got some stuff for you guys today. Cade Cunningham making headlines and there's positive headlines around the Pistons for once, so we can't skip over that. Uh, we're going to do a little James Edwards article survey for you, and then uh, when you guys are listening to this, if it's on August 11th, this is a one year of the first episode we ever put out of the Bucks on Podcast, so we're going to do some reminiscing and talk to you guys about our favorite moments over the last 365 days. So, without further ado, I know we're all itching to talk about Cade. Honey's first on my screen. How are you feeling about positive headlines being made of the Detroit Pistons? Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's a little weird. Like I said a little bit before, um, it feels weird to have any positive sort of media towards the Pistons. I feel like even when we drafted Cade, like first overall, I felt like up until the draft, the news around Cade was like, this dude's fantastic. He's amazing. And then I felt like the moment that the Pistons drafted Cade Cunningham, I started seeing like negative Cade articles. Or <laughs> um, it's maybe a safe that's just, pick. Yeah, safe, yeah. Maybe that's just how I view things, you know, that Detroit versus everybody. But it feels weird that like multiple podcast, Windhorse, I think the Lockdown did it. Uh, like a lot of pods are talking, news sources are talking about Cade has been like really impressive and people are finally getting like high on Cade Cunningham and sort of seeing what it feels like we've been seeing and we've been toting for the past since he got drafted. Right. Um, for sure. So I'm kind of like 50, 50 on it. On one side, I love that there's some, finally some respect coming towards this team. On the other side, I love the Detroit versus everybody mentality and uh, <laughs> I'd rather beat people that don't believe this, you know? Yeah, well, at least people believe in Cade now, not the team. But we'll see how the rest of that goes. Valley, your thoughts on Cade? Oh, man, that was great to see, wasn't it? Uh, like Connie said, it was great to see some positive uh, views from the media. And I'm not worried about that Detroit versus everybody motto going away anytime soon. I'll take my 48 hours of Cade Cunningham getting media headlines. Um, but this, like Connie said, this is news to me. This is news to us. This is news to any of us who watch Pistons basketball. Um, the only thing it's done for me is put my win prediction meter through the freaking roof and put my hopes through the freaking roof, man. They're all the way up. Yeah. How you, many, how many wins did you say we'd get? If Kate Cunningham plays 65 or more games, which is the minimum required amount for, uh, for awards, the Pistons will win 50 games next year. <laughs> I am Pistons juice right now. Let me tell you, man, these videos get me so excited. Um, from the two full games we've seen, uh, it appears that Kate Cunningham did not miss a single shot. I believe only had one turnover to seven assists. Um, but one thing that just stood out to me, I sent a little clip to you guys, was just the read in the pick and roll. Um, whether that's, you know, oh, they're going under, I'll pull up. Um, hey, I can get a little separation here, get to my midi, which I know is my bread and butter. I'm dangerous in the mid-range. Um, or, hey, I've got my buddy Jalen Duran here, and we're going to form a hell of a chemistry so good that even Anthony Edwards is going to go and say something about our chemistry reforming. Um, I could not be more excited. Um, little shout-out to Jalen Duran. He looked like a beast at those runs as well. Um, 
but just really solidified the fact that Kate Cunningham is the guy, a number one draft pick for a reason, and he's the face of the, face of the franchise. For sure. Yeah. And as we said, Rotate video, which you, if you haven't checked that out, go check that out. It's up on our YouTube channel. Uh, he is the future of this franchise, and he makes or breaks it. Gabe, you sent a picture in the chat, too, of all the other USA guys talking about Kate Cunningham. Paolo Bancaro even saying uh, kind of what Valley said. He's a master in the pick and roll. How did you feel about watching Kate in the USA basketball team? Yeah, you know, we had that video a few weeks ago of him kind of destroying some randoms with Andre Drummond. Uh, and you can't really take too much away. But when he's doing that to Mikkel Bridges, to Jalen Brunson, to Walker Kessler, you know, these are elite NBA defenders and he's cooking them. Like Valley said, he didn't miss a shot. Like he was getting to the rim. He's moving slow. He's moving methodical. Like he's big. You can see how big he is. People can't get like back around him. Once, he's, once he has them behind his hip, it's over. And uh, I think, you know, what, what we've all been craving to see is that Jalen Dern role man potential. And it's like full display here. And this is against, you know, it's Team USA. It's not the dream team, but it is, like I keep saying, I think the best team in the tournament. This is a group of really good players. And from all accounts, our two players are the best on the court for those games. And so, you know, the media, I think they're going to fall in love with the Pistons a bit like the Memphis team did. And then it's going to quickly turn into a love-hate relationship where we either beat like the teams with like the Boston fan bases, the Laker fan bases, and we're going to get love from the other people, you know, the smaller guys who just love this gritty team. And it's great to see Kate up there and, I, and not, not seeing Scotty or um, uh, Mobley on either of these teams. I got to say that feels good. <laughs> Kate, you know, he's been in their shadow. He didn't win rookie of the year, which was a, we all know that was uh that was, was fair. Eh. Dude, those, that, he, that, he, that that Scotty won it. it was I'm still mad. He was no, not worse than Scotty. Yeah, make a jump shot for the first like two weeks of his NBA career. Like it's just, I think he's better. He's obvious. I think he's obvious. He's good, Scotty Barnes. But like, yeah, I don't know. Rookie of the year. It's like my my player not winning rookie of the year and then next season averaging 30 a game. You know, it's like we're in that fictional universe, they're not looking back on it. No, and to Valley's no, uh, 50 win point, I'm gonna have to take a step lower, say 35 wins. Okay. Flirting uh, with that plan. Yeah. I, I think our over under was put at 27 and a half. So I I'm 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 pretty sure I'm I'm over. I'm that. smashing the over. Can I <laughs> Can I ask if the number changed to you after seeing Kate in the media these last few days and what he's done? No, because like 35 is double what we won last year. And it's over uh, double. We won 17. Yeah, that's the Kate. 30 <laughs> wins was my before. Yeah. Gabe specifically, you said you said 30 wins before, but now you say 30. I mean, I like it was tough for me in that over under. I would have probably gone over anyway, 27 and a half. But like I know four players that we have are good NBA players. Stu, Dern, and Cade, obviously, for, like, the long term. And then Bogey is just solid. i kind of concerned with Ivy. We'll see what we have there. If he's ready to do, like, the winning player step. I'm not concerned he's not going to be a good player down the line. Just if he's there right now in order to compete. Just kind of where I think, you know, the spacing, maybe some IQ, some defensive lapses is going to 
hold back our win total a bit, but man, Cade, yeah. I'm ready to watch him all next season. Oh, for sure. And building off your spacing point, I just finished watching the Lockdown Pistons podcast with Ben Goliver. He was saying that uh, there's even some reports out there that Steve Kerr told Cade, play like Luka Doncic in these. I love that. uh, And Cade did. He wanted him to be ball dominant, wanted him to control the pace. Cade did. And Cade made a statement. And and Ben Goliver even said that like Cade Cade Cunningham is the perfect opponent for this USA team because he's bigger than Anthony Edwards. He's bigger than Tyrese Halliburton. He's bigger than uh, Jalen Brunson. And uh, if they want to switch, they want to put Mikhail Bridges or Brandon Ingram on him. He's stronger than both those guys too. So it was like, this is a perfect lineup for Cade to feast. Uh, I, I was so impressed by Cade. Cause I had the opposite, like uh sort of reaction to that roster. Like other than Halliburton, like Anthony Edwards is huge and athletic. Those wings are huge. Like I watched the um, the 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 warm up game, the showcase game against Puerto Rico yesterday, and that USA team when they lock in are really good defensively. Like that's where I think they'll mm-hmm. they'll butter their bread in this tournament is that they have Jaron Jackson down low, Brandon Ingram and Mikhail Bridges on the wings, like these huge long athletes, and. Cade was really just taking those guys to school. Um, they're like really the prototypical NBA defense. Like every, like that's what every team would absolutely want, love to have. But like he just broke them down as Cade Cunningham with just his IQ, like you said, his strength, his unique set of physical capabilities. Like it's just really uh, special. And he's obviously bigger. Like and there was Jalen a too. Him. Like we saw the yeah. pictures, like Cade is, beefier this year yeah he's every time i see a picture of kate it just surprises me at how strong he looks i think it's because he gets stronger every photo that comes out man <laughs> I'm, I'm always he's he's like, reminded oh, what's that game there was one uh i forgot if it was like a reddit comment or a twitter post there's like if kate eats a hamburger the league is screwed <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> always reminded of that is he still vegan i think yeah. so <laughs> I, I believe so Peanut butter and jelly, man. <laughs> you can get big on PB and J. Tofu. But also from those USA scrimmages, I don't think we can overlook. Did you guys watch it? Like the full video or just the. I have not watched the full thing yet. No. Not um, the whole game, just the, just the Cade Duran highlights. Yeah. I mean, just the Cade, Cade, the Cade Duran connection, what excites me really so much from that like on obviously Jalen Duran's obvious rolling potential and we see what Cade can do with rollers he made Marvin Bagley an all-star for 12 games um but what Jalen Duran has that those guys don't have is like also like intelligence and passing ability and so like the two-man game between a guard and a big who can both do multiple things um kind of me reminds me a little bit of what the Miami Heat have going on with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo what about uh, Jokic and Murray, who just won the championship? Jokic, yeah, that's the, <laughs> there we go. The finals matchup right there is a point guard and a big man who can both like sort of dribble shoot pass, um, screen yeah, for each other, problems. run yeah. inverted pick and rolls. Oh my, imagine God. a Duran Cade pick and roll. <laughs> if, if we ever get to the point where Jalen Duran is good enough at, <laughs> at basketball to do an inverted pick and roll, like if we're not in the conference finals, it's ridiculous. <laughs> That would be actually silly, but 
yeah, I think, like those two guys having just like really high skill sets and high IQs is like, I guess the, from the point guard position, that's not super special, but from the center position, I think with those kind of physicality, it does not come around very often. No. And, and to remember, he's, I don't think he's even broken 20 yet. And he's competing with these USA basketball guys and, and overpowering some of them and, uh, making a statement at the age of 19, which is just incredible. But yeah, there was the one play where Dalen Dern got like a rebound. He threw like a behind the back pass to Cade. They went back, back, back. <laughs> Dalen Dern slipped. Cade found him immediately for a jam. Like it's just, oh man. I'm so and, and the worst part was I feel so bad for Jalen Brunson because he was on Jalen Dern on that roll. And I was just like, oh, poor dude. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I mean, I was always excited. I mean, I think we, you could hear it in our voices when we talk about Cade, but, like, I was always excited to watch Cade. This is kind of just it – every time I watch Cade, it just takes me to a new level. Um, I think he even had a pull-up three in that game, too. So, um, I mean, it's one shot in one gym in the grand scheme of things, but I'm, I'm going to take it. Yeah. He was four for four, I think, in that game, like you guys said. He didn't miss a shot. Um, 11 points isn't too shabby, but – I'm 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 hyped, Cade. Um, and Jalen Green's on that roster. Like you said, he's uh, it's nice to see Cade getting headlines over Scotty or Evan Mobley. Jalen Green was there too. He's not making headlines either. Um, so your um, Gabe, uh, your rookie of the year uh, prediction, Chet didn't play too well either. Not that we're going to take anything away from it. But just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a tough rookie race. It is. It is. Who um, uh, and uh, Golliver also talked about how, like, how do you guys think Troy Weaver should surround Cade Cunningham? Because they were talking about these heliocentric players, James Harden, Luka Doncic. Do you think that's the way to create a team, or do you think that there's a better way to do it? Is there a better way to create a team around Cade Cunningham, or is it just space the floor, put him out there with a bunch of shooters, and let him do his thing? I think, ideally... So Jalen Dern is the ideal player at the five. I think Isaiah Stewart, if that three-point clip improves to 38%, is the ideal player. I think a player like Bogdanovich is the ideal player at the three, someone who just off-ball, spacer, knockdown. And then I don't think Jaden Ivey is the ideal player. I think a Devin Booker, you know, okay, he might become one. But like a Devin Booker type where you can just kind of put the ball in his hand, let him go to work, kind of score. I think that would be the ideal player next to him where it's not like where he's not hard. Like he doesn't have no one around him who can dribble you. I think you always want that one kind of outlet. If Cade's off, if they have a really good two, like two man pick and roll defense, I'm skeptical if Ivy can become that guy. He's kind of a different mold of a player. I think uh, not saying it won't work, but I just think that would be the ideal kind of version of him. I think, I mean, theoretically, a perfect backcourt partner to Cade Cunningham um, because we've talked about kind of like the reverse speed that they play with as Cade's always the, you know, I'm, I'm playing in my rhythm here. I'm, I'm not going to be sped up or slowed down by anybody else in this ball game. But Ivy's always been like that, you know, up and down, super fast. That's obvious with Jaden Ivy. So, therefore, I think they go very well together. And, I mean, it wasn't long ago we were talking about Ivy averaging – more points than Cade next season, you know, high 20s per game, 30 a game as a peak. 
um, which is still very realistic. You know, nothing's changed in that. Um, so therefore, I think he's the perfect backcourt partner. And then in terms of an ideal team around him, yeah, you want shooting, but I don't really think that <laughs> like every team you need, every team needs shooting. You know, I think Kate is just genuinely so good that it's kind of a LeBron situation, which is ridiculous, you know, crazy to say here. But I really don't think it matters that much around the team, the team we have around him, because he's so smart at getting other guys involved that I don't particularly think it matters. But having guys that can shoot super helpful, like your Bogdanovich is the guys who have been around the block and can shoot the three. Yeah, game. I mean, like LeBron, when you put a team of non-shooters around him, he gets the 10th seed, barely makes the playoffs. You put a team of defenders and shooters, he wins the championship. Um, so it does matter who you put around him. Connie, how do you feel about it? About heliocentric players? Yeah. Uh, I don't like them. Uh, but I don't think this team is built around. I don't think Kate's a heliocentric player. He's so just a star, and the star needs the yeah, ball in his hands. So. It doesn't make him. Yeah, you can put the ball yeah. in his hands a lot, but I think he's still going to be in. Like, we still have Jay, like Jaden Ivey is going to get his ball handling opportunities if he starts at the two. Osar Thompson, when he's on the court, is going to get some time with the ball in his hand. Bogdanovich. I think Cade can, Cade's the kind of like IQ guy that can do stuff off the ball as well and fit into an offense rather than just be one. Because I, I don't like heliocentric offenses. Like, when do they, like, they really only work with Braun. And even with that, like, he always has like a second dude that's really good as well. I don't know. Never a huge that's fan. Because I would just think of James Harden and those Houston teams and how I just hated uh, watching we, them. Uh, I mean, I'm only hesitant about it because. I mean, like, if it wasn't for Golden State, yeah, James Harden would probably have a ring or two. But, like, you you have the Mavericks done the right, like, surrounding of Luka. I don't think they've had the right surrounding to Luka. And even if they do, I don't know if they get further than the conference finals. Like, I'm just hesitant. Like, is a heliocentric offense enough to get you all the way there? Not just to the finals, but through it. I mean, the Mavs have fucked up on, like, a number of occasions. Like, not extending Brunson for, like, $60 million before the season started. They, I don't know. They haven't done a great job surrounding Luke. Um, but, yeah, I think making Luka just, like, that's his one play style so far in the NBA. I, I mean, they're trying something new now with Kyrie, so we'll see how it turns out this season. Yeah, full season of it, not just a post-trade deadline version of it. It's a good point. But to, and, to to give benefit to the Mavericks, they were kind of in a similar situation where the Cavs are when they first drafted LeBron, where um, LeBron then, Luka, a few years ago, was just so good at the start that they couldn't add talent next to him because the player instantly took him to that level. Um, yeah. Obviously have an advantage because we won 17 games last season. So I guess there was – I would say there's more hope for us in that aspect. I mean, okay. Mavs also spent a lot of bad money. And you know, yeah, yeah, ton, ton of yeah, but they were kind of Russian forced too. I agree with that, but they also did not make the right decisions. Yeah, I don't get that. Like, why? What's the? I mean, I know there's a rush, but like, I feel like like with LeBron and Luca, they just like dump on like LeBron especially. They're just like, hey, let's find like the most mid as veterans to put next to this guy so that we can maybe win some stuff. But the teams were never, I don't know, like the best guy they put next to LeBron was Mo Williams. What about Big Z? Okay, Big Z. <laughs> the surfer from from Surf's Up. No, it's I dream of obvious. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I I I don't expect with like Monty's whole offensive philosophy 
that this becomes heliocentric. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And I'm okay with that. I love the team offense. Keeps Cade preserved for a much longer period of time throughout the season. And like Valley said, you need 65 games to win awards here. We need Cade to not only play 65. We need to play maybe a few more than that if we want to actually do anything, you know, special uh, going forward. But uh, are we thinking playing contention with those 35 wins or no? No. 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 The East is the East is good. I think the whole NBA is good right now. Um, I could see us kind of being in a race for the tenth seed and then kind of dropping out. What was the as as Cade gets injured? You know, injured. It was was forty wins to get to the tenth seed last season, and that was the Bulls. Yeah, I think we're just gonna just be just below that level. You think it's gonna be a similar number? Yeah, probably. Like Probably. like Orlando last year. That's kind of where I think we're gonna be. That would be a solid season. The way they start. It would at the end. But you know where I stand. Wait. <laughs> I'm like, if we make the top ten, I wouldn't be surprised. I just have good players. If we got top ten. I would be very surprised and very happy if we got top ten. I'm so used to. If I'd be surprised, 15, I'll take I... anything that isn't twelve through fifteen. Just one week, I mean, one win per episode would be great for next season. You know, we'll do an episode. (laughs) And we can make predictions that aren't always like one in three, oh, and four, stuff like that. I couldn't even imagine. We can actually start putting stuff out on Twitter about it instead of being like, hey, do you agree that we're going oh, and four? Yeah, imagine if this this pod might blow up. I feel like we did solid numbers for a brand new pod in a 17 win piston season. Like, if we freaking like go above 500, man, people are going to be clamoring to listen to some pistons content, especially if they start wearing buffs around, around the city and oh, yeah, start looking buffed up, buffed on. Hey, that's us, man. That's us. We just got to start uh, mailing pistons players buffs on merch. Make it look cool and just mail it to one to each guy. And be like, please. <laughs> you know, Valley and I can show up to the performance center for one of our sales combine stuff. We'll just like unexpectedly <laughs> drop some shirts on the way in and all the Put way a big out. stack in the gym, you know? Hey, yeah. random, question. random question. We DM every single player in the Pistons. Who's most likely to wear it and respond? You can include some guys last year that aren't Livers, Isaiah Livers. That was my first guess too, Isaiah Livers. We got the Michigan connection. Yeah, yeah. Man, we might have to hit him Livers. I think it's Monty. I've, tr- I've tried. He blocks you. If you if you're not if he doesn't follow you, you can't message him. Really? Oh, I thought you meant you you messaged him and then he blocked. He said- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, I would have been spreading rumors about that that we've been noticed by Isaiah Livers if he blocked. <laughs> I'll take that. Hey, Monty Morris right now is on his uh, you know homecoming brigade. You know, you know, hit him up with a local podcast. You know, yeah. heard on. You know what? Why not hit up him and uh, I'll look him up too. I'll look him up. We'll hit out if any Pistons players are listening to this. We'd love to have you on here. Um, oh, shot in the dark, but <laughs> whatever. Um, any other notes on Cade, Duran, or any other Pistons players we should reach out to before we move on to the Edwards article? Uh, is is ah, right. still on this team? Are, are, 
he's no. not. But he might. He might have done it. Are they done? Like, is Kate done playing with the select team? Uh, I yeah, think, I think so. so. Okay. So next, next content is uh, preseason then. Yeah, good segue. I totally forgot to mention that. If you haven't heard, the Pistons are uh, semi-scheduled for two preseason games against the Oklahoma City Thunder, one on October 12th and one on October 19th. The October 12th one will be taking place in Montreal. So if you have any Canadian listeners out there, go out and show your Pistons pride. DM us. We will send you a Bust On Podcast shirt, and you can display it at the preseason game. Um, but, hey, at least we have a date to look forward to now, October 12th. And uh, when we put out, I think, like, our first, like, official, official episode, it was around this time that they released the schedule. So we may be having some schedule drops soon, too. So excited for those two, th- two things. Um, you guys think we beat the Thunder in preseason? Yeah, 100%. One, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think, like, if Cade's going to play the way he played in, like, a 30 to 45-minute scrimmage game in preseason. Doesn't like, Jalen Duran like, uh, have, I don't know if he has some beef with, with Chet or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he bullied and knocked him over um, before the draft in, like, 2022. But yeah, I don't it, know if that's beef or anything. <laughs> no beef, but he was like attacking him in the tournament game they played against each other when Memphis played against Gonzaga. Hey, if you gotta be physical with the stick figure, you'd be physical with the stick figure. I mean, Jalen Duran's a man child. I think people on the USA select team and USA basketball team said it. So if you got it, use it. He looks bigger to me. Is that just my I mean, blindness talking or do you guys notice things? <laughs> as a teenager, he's going to develop, which is crazy to say, but like he'll become stronger, more solid. I think he'll turn into a Steven Adams type of body That's as he gets scary. older into later into his prime. That's Less scary. defined and just strong and solid. It's kind of what I think. I can see that. Like Dwight Howard or Steven Adams, though? Dwight Howard was a comp that he had. Dwight Howard is ripped the whole time, yeah. No, I think more of a Stephen <laughs> Adams, just like become strong, offensive rebound, pass. More like athletic. it. More athletic, yeah. Um, would love to see some Jalen Duran full court one hand passers. That'll be fun. Uh, all right. Uh, article time. You guys ready for this survey? Yeah. Do it. So Valley filled this out. So Valley, are you going to answer with us? Yeah, yeah, I'll answer at the end. All right, right. he's going to answer with us. Uh, James Edward put out an article and uh, had a survey on it. So hopefully he doesn't get mad at us for doing the survey. But, uh, I mean, if he does, that's fine because he's listening to the show. So win-win. First question on here. uh, Are you confident that the Pistons are heading in the right direction? Yes or no? I say yes. Yes. I think we all say yeah. Okay, all right. If anyone said no, we kind of have to debate on that one. All you know, right. if you'd asked, I don't know, if you'd asked <laughs> this like a couple weeks ago before the, you know, this Cade news came out, I might be like 50-50, but I don't know, yeah, I think, yeah. Really? You would have been 50-50? I'm just like, it's just unsureness, you know, like there's nothing, there's nothing proven about our guys. Like we like them, we like watching them, and we like what they do, but there's like literally nothing proven about this team. I mean, but you would be confident that the guys, if they all reach some sort of level of their ceiling that they this would be the right direction yeah if they do that 
Yeah. How many players? How many players okay. You're taking a more realistic approach. I like it. I like okay, it. But now, yes. Now, yeah. Um, perfect segue. Next one's a Cade question. Did Cade the Cade Cunningham injury uh, change your expectations for last season? Oh yeah. Of course. The Definitely. We're all picked. Our best player. I mean, I mean to be fair, no, actually. I knew we were gonna be. I, I had a feeling we'd be bottom three, but Kate played or not. Yeah, I feel but like, I felt like like <laughs> I don't know, seventeen wins. You're going into last season saying I'd be happy with seventeen wins. Dude, I didn't say I'd be happy with it. I said <laughs> I would respect. This it. is the anniversary yeah. pod. You can go back to that first podcast after the Kate injury, and we were just. Very, it was a very sad podcast, and I think that just tells you that it really did change our, our, our outlook on on what was happening. I mean, I think it changed yeah. the whole like organization's outlook. Like, you know, the plan was to be more competitive that year, and you just can't do that when your best players out the whole year. So yeah, this definitely. Is this is true. I, you guys are thinking playing. I don't think I ever really thought playing, but. I think losing Cade kind of took me from, oh, we're going to be bottom five to, like, we're going to be bottom two. For sure. Worst team in the league without Cade. Yeah. <laughs> um, Valley, you're on the train with that, right? I didn't hear you talking during that. 100%. Okay. Just making sure. Uh, third question here. Kind of more of a multiple choice one than a yes or no. Uh, what is the fewest number of wins the Pistons could get in the 23-24 season and still be deemed as a success or positive year for you? Uh, options 25, 30, 35, 40, 45. Um, <laughs> I feel like Valley said 45. No, I mean, what do you got? What, 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 I want to hear you. What do I got? Um, I'd say I'd say 30. I'd say 30, at least a 13-game jump. I think Connie said it before. In the NBA, it's a big jump. Um, so if we win, like, 28, 28, now I'm saying it out loud. I need 30 wins to make me feel like it's like some sort of progress in this rebuild. The funny thing is every single selection here would be a win, like, would be a, a significant increase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can I have all of the above? Is that awesome? <laughs> More than 17. Yeah, I think uh, for one, beating the over under would be great. Um, but I agree okay. with you, Amit. Twenty eight just still sounds trash. Like you're a bad, bad, bad team. <laughs> you're getting twenty something wins. So I guess thirty, thirty would make me feel pretty good about the season. Yeah, I was gonna say that exactly as well. Uh, like you know, those teams where we had Greg Monroe and Brandon Knight, and we'd win like thirty five games. It felt like we won a decent amount of games, you know. If we get back to that point, I can kind of expect us, you know, there's teams you won't beat, but I can kind of expect us against most NBA teams that, like, we might win. I want to get back to that point. But we probably won't, but we might. So, yeah, 30 wins I mean, those are, yeah. I mean, and there's always going to be those fluke games, too. Like, we swept Golden State last year. Yeah. The there's no right? fluke like, about that. There's a better team. <laughs> all right so you're okay never mind valley what was your uh win prediction that would make you feel at least positive about the coming year what when i predict when i predict 50 like if we still get 30 i'm probably still walking out of there with a smile on my face 
um, because that's, that's a near double increase in win total. Um, so yeah, I would say 30 to this. Um, I guess there's kind of a narrative you could, you could write to any number next to here in these answers and you could write a story that would be okay. Um, but I think 30 would be a pretty solid baseline. And I think this is the wrong group to ask because on the first episode, Valley said it in the first episode Connie was on, I think he said it. Um, and I agreed with you guys. We're sickos. So just watching Pistons basketball leaves us with a smile on our face. So it's not really fair, but yeah. I'd say Unless Killian's starting. Unless <laughs> then, then you got a huge <laughs> Valley and I are dancing with Killian starting, but uh, we're doing more than uh, but yeah, I'm glad to have Cade back. Um, how many wins do you expect the Pistons to have in the 23-24 season? So kind of building off the previous question, uh, zero to 25. Wow, zero is on here. Do you expect us to win? <laughs> zero to 25, 26 to 35, 36 to 44, or 45 or more. Uh, I'm saying 26 to 35. That's my window. And what's the exact number? What's your what's your guess? Thirty-three. I'm in the same boat. I was gonna say thirty-two wins is my my official guess. Okay. Connie. Give <laughs> me thirty-seven then. <laughs> okay, so you're in the thirty-six to forty-four range. And I yeah. think we all know Valley's in the forty-five or more range. Give me fifty-three wins, home court advantage. Give me three wins. <laughs> Valley's making up for the difference. Gabe went down three wins. Valley went up three wins since the beginning of this pod. Okay, that's hey. fine. I love, I love the optimism. Hey, just like like whatever eight months from now when we've got fifty wins, we can just get back to this moment and and you guys can all just say I have the best basketball knowledge and we'll be all right. Yeah, man. I think hey, we can move on quickly. <laughs> oh man where do you expect the Pistons to finish by the end of the regular season uh, bottom five lottery team uh, no play in tournament lottery team makes the play in tournament or play off I'm going to say lottery team misses the play yeah like the 11th seed I think so okay. something like that That's fair. Like not, That's I guess fair. that puts us as bottom five I'd probably say bottom five as well. <laughs> well, wait. If you don't make the plane, you are bottom five. Or bottom five league-wide. Never mind. Bottom five league-wide. Yeah, bottom five league-wide. If you make the plane... I mean, plane, what? Like, Let's go through it real quick. Who's going to be bad? Wizards. Spurs, probably. Wizards. <laughs> the four teams that were going to be above in the Eastern Conference... Charlotte. Charlotte Hornets, Charlotte, the yeah. Washington Wizards, the Toronto yeah. Raptors, Ooh. and are we better than Toronto though? If they, they have a bad design up, team, yeah. Great <laughs> yeah, but as of this point in time, they. No, have that's OG part of my prediction, that. man. Part of my prediction. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and so that's one, two. Orlando. Yeah. And the Pacers. Uh, Indiana. And it could be Actually, either. Take it back. Either We're going to be the 10th seed. We're in the plan, baby. That's my prediction. <laughs> We're the 10th right, seed. Yeah. I'll say we just miss. I say lottery miss plan. Okay. Valley. Playoffs. 
playoffs. Yeah, I mean, okay. Valley's saying we're going to be the first seed out here, man. <laughs> first team ever to go last to first seed. <laughs> hey, be, that'd be amazing. Um, could you imagine if we're in the lottery at, like, the 11th spot and we get, like, the second pick out of it? <laughs> that's retribution like, I mean, that's, uh, for this year. Yeah, right? For the last two years. What did we do? We went three to five and one to five. Yeah, we need retribution. Uh, next question. Where is your confidence in Troy Weaver and the Pistons front offense? Uh, Scale of one to ten. Scale oh, of okay. one to ten. Ten being uh, this man is basketball god, savant. One being get him out of here right now. Ooh, okay. I'm definitely not at one. Definitely not at one. Uh yeah. I'm gonna say like six and a half. All right. Cade fell into our laps. I think he made the right pick with Ivy. Was um, that also sort of fell into our laps too with the with the Kings drafting? Did Murray. but but he he could have taken anybody else because he knew he. I mean he knows we need shooting. We needed shooting since the beginning of time. But he decided to go for a burst of speed guy and then. He went again. I think as of this point in time, Lasar is a good piece. He hit a home run with Jalen Duran. Yeah, that was um, a good trade. That was a really good pretty trade. Much, right? We got Burks in that trade too. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty much all in the same thing. I mean, he gave up. He's since he's become GM and like tearing down the team and stripping it down, people can say, Yeah, Bruce Brown should have stayed, yada yada yada. But like we were trying to rebuild. So I'm fine with him trading Bruce Brown. Did we get nothing? I think we got like Musa or whatever his name is. Like we got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We got nothing. Um. So like, it is what it is. When you're trying to tear it down, you tear it down. But he, since tearing it down, he's pretty much given up nothing to get um a, a lot of guys. A, a, yeah, a lot of guys. Like he got rid of Josh Jackson and Trey Lyles from Marvin Bagley. Like, yeah, Trey Lyles ended up being semi-productive for Sacramento, but, like, when that was never it gonna happened. Happen everybody... Yeah, exactly. That was never going to happen here, and everyone was like, oh, yeah, get Marvin back. Um, James Wiseman, probably the most emotionally tied trade because we had to give up Sadiq, but I feel like... What did he give up for like, Bogdanovich? Kelly Olenek. Uh, Saban Lee and Kelly Olenek. Yeah. Also good. Yeah, not a bad trade at all there. Um, traded Mason Plumley to the Charlotte Hornets to drop us 20 picks in the draft. We kind of gave up JT Thor in that trade, too. We picked up Balsa Kopravica in that deal. So, I mean, that, I mean, it's Mason Plumley. What would you expect? Um, Jeremy Grant, he traded away uh, to get, I think it was like a 2025 Bucks first-round pick. Turned that into uh, the number 13 overall pick or something. Um, that turned into Jalen Duran, I thought. Yeah, that turned into Jalen So, like, that's a steal. Because when that trade happened, we were all, like, we were all expecting, like, a bag from Jeremy Grant. And we got pennies on the dollar, and we turned it into Jalen Duran. So, steal. Um, he also, in his first draft, picked up Sadiq Bey and Isaiah Stewart at 16 and 19. So, And I mean, Killian Hayes at 7, which counts against him. Well, I, I don't I was just talking about acquisitions because we had that seventh pick, right? Oh, adding yeah, the we didn't picks pick. that became yeah. yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just adding picks wise. Um picking Killian Hayes is a knock, but 
um, at the time, like, was everyone really mad at the pick Killian hype? I don't recall. No. no. Some people in the media, they're like, there's uh, Kevin O'Connor or something said he was the best player in the draft. Yeah, right. And some people even compared him to James Harden. So uh, given what we knew at the time, like, that wasn't a bad pick. And I um, think the the pattern overall is that he can find his guys if he wants them. He gets mm-hmm. them. And I think the underlying fact that all these guys have is that they're good people and they're hard workers. I think yeah, that's the, I love that. the so, biggest thing you can, like, give credit to uh, Weaver for is he's, like, the culture is here in Detroit. There's no bad yeah. apples. We're, uh, we have the right team, the right coach, which is another thing. We have we, we got Monty Williams. Um so that's, I think, the biggest compliment you can give him. He drafts the right guys, and he knows so who to pick say? and what to do with them. I what give him a seven just because I don't like the Sadiq trade. Uh, I'm sure there are other internal reasons. Still don't like it. Um, and it's kind of because he's done this part, and now we'll see how he can handle the extensions, how he handles trades to make us better rather than just tearing down and rebuilding. Now we need to make improvements along the margins. OKC kind of fell short in that department. They were never able to get to the top. So I would kind of see what he does now. Yeah, and I think he has done good making improvements around the edges. Like we're like today, as it stands, we're a better team than we were than last year. Because for sure. of the acquisitions of Monte Morris and Joe Harris. And we gave up basically nothing for those two. So I'm... I said six and a half, but I. But it's all with no risk seven. so far. There's been no risk, yeah. so now we're gonna there's get to no the risk. point where there's a risk, and we'll see how he. Once, if he does a bad trade, if the fans turn on him, we'll see kind of what happens. I mean, fans have already turned on him, so like, you know, I'm I'm happy with having Troy. Yeah, I'm extremely um, happy as well. Yeah, I I talked a lot through that segment. So Valley Connie on a scale of one to ten, you're confident Troy Weaver. I'll probably go a seven as well. Like he's made a lot of smart, like sort of low impact moves. You know, I I also don't like the Wiseman deal. I just don't think he's very good. Um, but yeah, like Gabe said, it's it's time. Like when now it's like you're playing with house money. This team was shit. Like you were really just tearing it down and trying to make something. He's made something, and now it's time to make something good. Yeah. So we'll see what it moves forward with. Um, but yeah, I, 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 no, I don't think I have any real reason to, uh, not believe in him. Fair enough, uh, Valley. Um, I'm probably a little bit more optimistic. I'd probably say eight. Um, I was leaning a little bit higher, maybe eight and a half early. But you guys put up some solid points. Um, I remember when that Sadiq Bay trade happened. Trade happened. Um, I was super pissed off about it. I was, I was so upset that day. It ruined my whole day. <laughs> Looking back on it, I'm kind of impartial. Um, but I think an underrated thing Gabe brought up is the locker room characteristics. Like, he's drafted the right guys. He's gotten the right guys in here. Um, he's done a lot of things right. Um, you know, when we talked about Killian Hayes, you can knock on him for drafting Killian, but a lot of people had him mock higher than seven, you know. Um, yeah, he's given me no reason to doubt him. Um, therefore, I, I go eight. I go like an 8.2, uh, slightly above an 8 for me. I love it. You're the most optimistic of the group on this pod today, and it's great. Yeah. I love that. That's what Cade footage does to a guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, all right, let's see. Next question here. Uh, were you excited about the hiring of Monty Williams as head coach? Resounding yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah, right. All right. That's Absolutely. Yeah, no need to waste time on that one. Uh, what player needs to take the biggest leap forward for next season for the Pistons to reach 35 plus wins? Kane? Yeah, yeah. But think about this because we know. I don't what, think so. Yeah. Is there a jump from a different player that would make us a better all around basketball team in terms of just winning ball games? Actually, it was nice. this year for Jaden Ivey. I think X factor here because I think we know what we're going to get from Cade. I think worst case, he's going to give us like a 26 and six base stat line. You know, you're going to get from a lot of these other guys, but Ivy's the guy, you know, um, is he going to average 16 and shooting efficiently or is he going to average 23 and, and be, you know, super fun and taking the right steps. Therefore I go Ivy. Yeah. I also go Ivy. And I think the off ball shooting, the off ball movement is going to be huge. I need to see him be a weapon on offense and not kind of be a Westbrook. Uh, like Valley said, I think I like you can kind of take this question two ways. I think it's implied kind of Kate is already that good. I think it's implied Dern is t- like going to take that leap. Stewart is just going to keep on slowly improving. So I think the biggest X factor, like Valley said, is Ivy, where it's like he could kind of make or break us taking the next step or us being kind of where we were last year at Cade. I can see that. Uh, I started thinking about it as soon as I said Cade, because like, like you said, we kind of know what we're going to get from Cade. Uh, Duke, his development kind of hinges on that three ball, like we've been saying all off season. But I feel like, I mean, the options James has here is Cade, Ivy, Dern, and Stuke. Is there anyone outside of those four guys that you feel like we'd need to see an improvement from to take us to that 35 plus one? I feel like an improvement from anybody outside of those four is a monumental win. I argue that it is Cade. Like you guys are saying, like it's like a given that this man is going to be like 26 and six is good. Like he's been, yeah. as much as we love him, has been pretty inefficient to this point. Mm-hmm. I'm staying on the floor. It's obviously an improvement area. If we want to win 35 games, he's actually got to be out there. So I do think it's Cade. I think it's Cade, um, like putting it together a little bit, you know, doing what we all think and know that he can do, but actually doing it, you know, getting those shooting percentages up, maybe get the turnovers down a little bit, foul a little less. He's a little foul happy. Um, and just, yeah, it's, he's the most important person on this team regardless and i'd say him yeah i think you're right it is Cade, and it's all hinged on his three ball if he can start making a three then just takes us 30 to 25 wins easily and then i'd say the the hinge piece to becoming a really good team is jalen duran because if he can become like a defensive force and actually like a really good center that's what would take us to like the next level i can see that which player do you think will have a breakout season? Uh, he basically has the entire roster on here. Does it count as a breakout season if they're a rookie? Is there... He doesn't have a star on here. But, okay. Um, then you can say that, though. Yeah, you can. I would. What's your bite for it? Like, what's your case? Who, me? Yeah, you said yeah, you I don't want to make a case. 
Just, I was just asking. I oh, okay. <laughs> kind of missing. Ready to hear some bars or something? Okay, right. no, I can make I can make a case. I can make a case. Make a case. The Asar Thompson Rookie of the Year. Uh, Whoa! Uh, breakout season. Asar Thompson comes in as a competent three point shooter, but really excels as a playmaker. We're talking about an Asar Thompson that averages about fourteen points, eight rebounds, and like six, seven assists a game. A defensive stalwart, all defensive. First or second team as a rookie really shows off that he can guard multiple positions and play really high-level basketball um, in the fringes. I don't think if he's this type of guy, he's going to be a secondary unit playmaker and a primary unit uh, connective piece. Like I mean, everything we've already talked about, Asar Thompson. Um, but, yeah, he's just going to jack-of-all-trades himself into a Ben Simmons-esque rookie year. I gotta have you do one of these every pod for each player on the roster. I'm like as high on the sort of Tom Janelle as I've ever been. Is this basically like my real answer? Alright, fine. Bring me back to reality. Jalen Duran. That was my answer. I feel like anything Jalen Duran does impresses me. And I, and I don't know why because I feel like he can do so many things. But when he shoots a corner three and it goes in, I'm like, yeah, that's great. So I think he's going to do that the regular season. I think it's going to impress us. I think he's going to shoot middies. That's going to impress us. And I think his playmaking is just going to continue to get better. Um, inverted pick and roll of anybody, like we mentioned earlier. So I'm I'm taking Jalen Durant for the breakout season. And I think also just being established as a starter from the get-go, playing with Cade, yeah. real point guard from the get-go, everything is really just, I think, going to help him succeed. And be what, to the league. What is the wording of this question again? The wording of this question is which player do you think will have a breakout season? Question mark. I think it's gonna be Cade. I think it's already set a little bit. The ball has started to roll. ESPN, you know, the coverage with this team USA stuff. If he's really this guy and we're a competent team and he's the head of the snake, you know, the attention is going to be on him. And I think that's kind of what's going to lead his breakout into possibly an all-star year here. Um, so if like what player it's kind of like what the most improved player has become, you get that good player and they take that leap to become great. That's kind of where I could see maybe he's still a year away from that. Maybe he's just, you know, he's just a year too young, little too little experience. But I could see him making that leap to be that Tyrese Halliburton all-star, uh, that LaMelo Ball all-star. So I could see him doing that. And then, you know, he might make other players improve as well. But he's kind of the guy that makes everything change. All eyes are going to be on him. So I'd be very confident with St. Cade here. I mean, there's really no way to make an argument against Cade for 90% of these answers. So I'm with you on that for sure. Uh, Valley, who was your pick? Yeah, I second guess. I second everything Gabe said, and I, I say Cade Cunningham as well. Um, but just to have a little fun, I'll say Isaiah Stewart. Um, I still think he's going to shoot that three ball really well next year. I'm a firm believer in that. Um, and that could just really unlock our team. So I'll say Isaiah Stewart, just, just to get a different name in there. Fair enough. Uh, all right. 
Next question. How do you feel about the draft pick of Asar Thompson? Yes, I love the pick. No, I wish we had drafted somebody else or not sure time will tell. I would say yes, I was I'm I'm happy with the pick. Yeah, I would say the same. Same. I love it. I mean, obviously there's an unsure factor kind of about him. <laughs> you know, we yeah. don't really know what he is, who he is, but part of it is who else is on is on the board during draft night, you know. Yep. I think by the time our pick rolled around, I think most Pistons fans were kind of in unison that we wanted a SAR. And so, yeah, I just love the pick. And of what we saw already, his defensive impact, his feel for the game, his passing. I don't think he's going to be an impact player. Unfortunately, I don't think Connie's prediction is going to come true here. But uh, I could see him averaging like four points, like four rebounds and three assists, kind of. I think he's going to be horrible offensively, and I'm still going to love every minute he plays. Dang. (laughs) If he goes four, four, and three, man, we're going to be hearing so much shit. (laughs) That's bust watch. Eh, I mean, yeah. I think he's going to shoot 30% from the field, high 20s from the three, and uh, not play as much as we think right now, just because I think we're going to win some games early and then kind of keep the role with our... If Asar Thompson's rookie season is Killian Hayes' stats from last season, are you happy or disappointed? His last Real year. happy. 10 and 6? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm um, 10 and 6, high 20s from 3. I think sure. it was low 30 there. More rebounds, obviously. I think that probably mean he's taking too many shots. So it actually, you because if you're the worst like percentage shooter in the NBA, you shouldn't average 10 points a game because you're just <laughs> taking too many shots. You know what I mean? That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, last question on the survey here. Uh, how would you grade the Pistons offseason? He only has A, B, C, D, but we'll, we'll allow pluses and minuses. Come on. Is incomplete and an option? What else? Is I don't think happen? we're done. Uh, I think we're going to make a move. Wiseman, Bagley. Something else is going to happen, I think. But I'd say a B plus. B plus. B plus with a. I do think we can sneak into that A minus range if a trade comes around. Uh, Morris, I think, is a great pickup. The Joe Harris was a great pickup. Uh, you know, it's just insurance. They don't have to play, but I mean, Morris will. You know, it just gives more options, more depth. Uh, possibilities when players off injured you know whatever happens in the NBA and I think that itself you know that's nothing special it's a C plus but then when you factor in Monty Williams I think that would, that's the dream that was the big fish this summer for coaches I think that just brings it up you know just so happy about that but again how much was how much will that affect us in the long run? We'll see. So I'd be happy with the B plus, A minus range right now. 89%. I love it. You put a number on it. Um, Ku Cahill and James Edwards in a pod on the lockdown system, and they were kind of in the C plus, B minus range, which I guess is okay, but I was a little more optimistic because the way I see it is like, how are you going to improve on your shoes from last season, right? And I think Troy Weaver has done a tremendous job of taking the roster that he had from last year and improving it. Um, I, I'm I'm with Gabe. I'm giving it like a B plus. 
B, B plus, maybe like an 87%, maybe not 89 because uh, I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll copy Gabe. I'll go 89%. I'll say B. Uh, I don't think any of the players that we got were like anything special. Um, no. Um, no, but, but the roster is certainly better. The roster is better. Like, but like, I think most of the roster improvement that we're expecting to see is off internal improvement rather than like changes to the roster, like Mont adding Monty Williams. I think that's the Monty Morris is the biggest one. Cause it lets us stop playing Killian Hayes. Um, so that's probably the biggest improvement, but really like why it's a B like, even though those guys aren't like super special guys, uh, it's cause really gave up nothing this offseason. gave up like one second round pick eventually. Uh, yeah. And both the Cooper beats it. So one second round pick. Uh, Don't you think that's an argument for a higher grade that we? No, because they could. They 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 know most of our improvement will be internal, so they're not doing the like the Knicks thing, where like, all right, let's go get, uh, you know, let's drop eighty million on a player and kind of. Yeah. What Houston Rockets did, you know, like like they got better players. How would you rate Houston Rockets off season? Oh. Bad, bad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, so a, that's rather, a D for me. I'd rather be in the go around the edges and trust our internal development than get these so-called stars to help your team. I, I, yeah, not stars. I don't know. Like, there's a reason that teams are gave up on Joe Harris. You know, I mean, we the, the, they gave up on Monte Morris because they're trying to lose, and I think that was a great. Uh, value like low uh distressed asset play by troy weaver um because that was a team that was just dumping things away to try to lose games next year so that was a good play but like there's a reason that the nets were trying to get off joe harris also guessing too much on internal improvement i think is a is a way to get caught as well okay valley I kind of want to say something else, but 89% is just such a good number, huh? It wasn't <laughs> anything to knock you out of your stocks, you know? Like, it was good. Like, we made some solid moves for the, you know, for the uh, for the upcoming season and also the season after in terms of contracts expiring and free agency. But, like, it's like, it's like all right. It's like, it's pretty good. It's not crazy. Um, I'm, I'm going to say 88, you know? I don't, I don't right. think there's anything that would have moved the needle to, like, an up in the 90s for me because I don't know if I would have wanted to go and make a crazy move like that. I do believe in the internal growth, um, which is kind of tough to to grade an offseason when internal growth is such a big factor of the offseason. That's fair. That's fair. But I'm happy with it. I, the way I look at it, that it's, I mean, you even brought in another aspect too, because like, how does this set us up for the future? We didn't make a big splash when we didn't need to. We took a roster that was, I mean, it's kind of hard to take the worst offense or in defense in the league and make it worse. But I feel like he made an improvement to the roster, and I feel like it sets us up for the future. So I'm happy with my 89%. Uh, any other thoughts on the grades or any of the questions we had before we move into uh, the uh, reminiscing part of the podcast? All right, Not- cool. Uh, cool. So, uh, as uh, I said earlier, this is if on August 11th is the one year of our first episode uh, being put out uh, of the Buffs on Podcast. So, um, I guess 
the way to start would be like how uh, how the podcast started. Um, Hamadou Diallo, no longer a piston, but will forever be etched in my heart as the guy that uh, that started the Bust On podcast. One may think it's Kate Cunningham based off the name, but no, it was Hamadou Diallo. Uh, we I was sitting in class uh, at University of Michigan Sport Management, and we were talking about player options, and the Pistons had just signed Diallo to his contract as a player option. So I asked about it in class. I tied it into it and the next day this uh this dude comes and sits across from me and was like hey did you just talk about Hamadou Diallo yesterday and I was like yeah he's like I'm a Pistons fan too very next question out of his mouth um are you a Killian Hayes believer and I said yes and that started probably the greatest friendship that I ever had and that kind of sparked the interest uh for the Boston mm-hmm. podcast so Valerie, thank you for coming to sit at the table man it was uh <laughs> it was great <laughs> Hey, man, I, I genuinely thank you for asking the question, man. <laughs> it's awesome that the Pistons are so bad that it's, like, niche enough that if you're talking about the Pistons, like, that's the connection to be made. Because if they were, like, a good team, man, like, I don't know if you could have made that one. It's like it's everybody. Imagine living out. in Boston or something. It's like, hey, you a Celtics fan? Like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here yeah. to know. Are you a Pistons fan? All right. Yeah, that's a real connection to be had. Pistons fan. It was, it was. And uh, I remember we were walking out of the kinesiology building one day and you were walking behind me and you're just like, oh my God, oh my God. Now I looked at you, I'm like, oh my God, what happened? Did you get a grade or something? And you're like, this is just traded for Boyan Bagani. And we looked at each other and we were like, emergency pod. We texted in the chat right away. We, we You and I both ran home and we did like an emergency pod 15 minutes after. So that was uh, my second, that was like in our first like month and a half. Geez. That was crazy. Um, obviously we've had some greater moments, so I'll leave those to you guys if you can recall any of them. I know two off the top of my head. I know you guys bring those up for sure. Let's start with Connie. He's read so much for you. I don't know if I have one moment. I really like the pods that we did when Cade was on that little streak, but like, I don't know, like moving away from home, there's no Pistons fans around here. I just really like the opportunity to see you guys every week and have a good like hour-long talk about something that I love talking about. Like I would do this if it was unrecorded and we just did a Zoom call, man. Like, I don't know. I just, I love talking Pistons. I love that we're doing this. I think, yeah, that's my, my the whole thing. I don't have a specific flashbulb memory about this last season. I just really appreciate that we do this and uh, keep, it, keep us all connected. Same here, Gabe. Um, I really liked, uh, you know, every time, you know, this is a rough season to start. Like, it's tough to start a podcast when their team doesn't win any games and there's nothing really to talk about. But every time, like, Isaiah Stewart would do a new move that we've never, like, seen before, we'd all be like, that's like, that's like top, top of the news list. A1, we're coming in hot with that one. That, that, that was always really funny. And then I think the pod I enjoyed the most was the pre-draft pod with Bryce where we just deep dove into all these prospects. That was really fun. Yeah. Bryce is a great guest. And I mean, shout out to Andrew, uh, the Bleacher Report guy. Those are the yeah, ones I was there for. Yeah, like those are just great guests to have so quick. And uh, yeah, it was just like Connie said, talking pistons. There's not really Pistons fans around. Uh, other than you guys, I don't talk Pistons with anybody. So, I mean, it's just always fun hopping on every week, especially if we get a win. So, 
I think next season will be even more entertaining for all the listeners, you know, talking about some wins. We'll be enthusiastic. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to the most, talking about some wins. The pods that we got to talk about wins this past season were so much fun. (laughs) Ten pods went crazy. We had 17 fun pods. (laughs) Also, uh, I really liked when I was on my hot streak in the beginning of the season where I was just hating on a guy and they would immediately (laughs) correct it. That was awesome. That was that was awesome. We'll have to try that again at the beginning of the next season. Back. Yeah. Yeah, we will. We will. And we'll have to create some sound effects for the too, like the kind of crystal ball. Um, yeah, no, but like Dave said, shout out to Andrew for coming on. He was our first ever guest of like a big pod. He even shouted us out on Instagram and um Twitter. So we appreciate that. Bryce doing the same thing. Um, I remember how happy we were and we were all so nervous before Andrew and Bryce would come on. We were like, Oh my god, I hope this goes well. And then afterwards it wasn't like we were relieved, it was like, Oh my god, I can't wait to have this guy back. Um, so huge shout out to them uh for uh helping us out along the way. And hopefully, um if there's any other Pistons uh podcasters out there, let us know. We'd love to have you guys on uh not just for promotional purposes, but we love talking Pistons basketball with, I like Connie said, like we love just hopping on a call. It wasn't just recorded or not. I, I love coming on a call and just talking hoops, talking Pistons. So uh, it's great that, uh, and we can't forget the Motor City Crew game. Like how many podcasts in their first year can say they offered free tickets to an NBA G League game and had like a great turnout? Like nobody. So that was also really fun. Huge shout out to uh, Scott Schiff for hooking us up there too. So uh, any of the thoughts on the pod or the Pistons before we uh, get on out of here? That's a great call. I love being a uh, sports at that game. It was really fun. And I'm going to go to some more games um, next year just to, just for fun probably. I yeah, just want to say uh, I went to NASCAR uh, over the weekend. And there's that one racer sponsored by the Pistons. Got second place. And I was also, I got a free Pistons headband from there. Shout out to that guy. From Uh, him? No, not from him. From a guy there. uh, From Ford, actually. So it was his car. But he he wasn't there. It was his team, though, that handed these out. So go whatever that guy's name is. (laughs) That's our guy. We should That's get guy. He's number 48. That's what I know. Gonna get a Pistons yeah. jersey with 48 and then whatever that Get the Buffs on sponsor on that NASCAR. Oh my god. Some that. stickers on there, man. <laughs> How much that is the yeah, custom sticker maker. Let's let's DM him on all four of us, DM him, and then we'll DM him on the buffs on official account. He'll have to see us, you know. All right, guys. Fifteen thousand dollars per race. Can we come up with it for a buffs on race car? All right, guys. <laughs> the link in the bio, fifteen thousand. We're gonna make a GoFundMe to get a buffs on NASCAR, bro. <laughs> Hey, where's the shot? Where's the shot? Uh, one thing before we uh, we have to actually talk about Pistons news on here. This is a Pistons podcast, after all. We did sign Stanley Umude to a non guaranteed training camp deal. Speaking of the uh, G League, because he went off that game we went to, um, so good to see Stanley coming back. Uh, but yeah, uh, find our GoFundMe. <laughs> you want a bumper sticker um, on the race car? 
and if you want to bust out merch, let us know. Just play it on a, at a Piston game. Um, we're at 400 and almost 70 followers in a year, so I couldn't have asked for anything more. 22 subscribers on YouTube, which is mind-blowing. Uh, almost 30 listeners per podcast. Uh, 1.2 thousand uh, plus total listens. So we're on the rise, boys. And like I say at the end of every uh, episode, uh, throw the buffs on Detroit because the future is bright.